0: This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I wanted to talk about emotional well-being, how we can have more influence over our emotional health and regulate our emotions a little bit more. I've definitely learned some tools over the years out of active seeking in different cultures and what they do to practice emotional regulation, as well as in performing arts, learning to tap into emotions and maximize them for performance reasons. Uh, Whether you're trying to take on a character or that type of thing, it can be used to your benefit. But I think in daily life, sometimes emotions can overcome people and they can get very wrapped up in situations and get caught in their feelings and how they think about things. It can either be a downward spiral. It can be something that leads somebody off track Or emotions can be something that are very pleasant to enjoy and experience. Emotions serve a lot of purpose in our life. If you think about emotions as energy and information, they can be used to inform us about different things that are happening in our life. There are certain things that we are hardwired to. To feel, you know, feelings of fear, physical pleasure, pain, sadness, um, insecurity can also eventually be translated and processed into feelings of happiness, security, safety, moving away from pain. Those are very primary emotions that we experience as humans. And many of the things that come off of the combinations of those on either side of the spectrum, if you're looking at it as maybe negative emotions being on more the left-hand side, right side is more positive emotions, there are other secondary emotions that may come of those things. So you might think of despair being on the left-handed side where things are a little bit more darker or negative um, if you choose to see it that way. Or on the other hand, feelings of love. Both disparity and love can the emotions of vulnerability for people as well but learning how to identify what you're going through and either evoke a different emotion or have influence over that emotion challenge how you feel about a situation these can be really useful skills in living your best life and having emotional stability in your life emotions can do a lot of things for us they can motivate our behavior emotions prepare us for action You know, when you listen to a song and you get motivated to go on your workout or do something that you love to do or start your day, you know, I know a lot of people love to start their day listening to music. I know I like to listen to music throughout my day, but some people really love listening to music on their ride to work or during their workout. It can serve as motivation, especially if you're listening to songs with like really empowering lyrics or that just make you feel happy you know, the urge of specific emotions is often hardwired in our biology. So, this is more from like an evolutionary aspect. We have emotions of fear or security and that was, you know, hardwired in us to either run away from things that are not going to be helpful for our life and help us stay alive versus things that will help us thrive and stay alive. So those are things that are in us. And when we live in a world with so many different stimuli, so many different things that are affecting our psychology more now than ever, these are emotions that sometimes can get played with. Sometimes we can make up our own beliefs about things and get um, kind of paranoid about things that don't really exist, kind of create things out of nothing just because we're riding out that emotion and asking, why do I feel this way? Sometimes it's not the best thing to do to ask why you feel a certain way, but rather just identify the emotion and practice having influence over it. Because if you go down why you feel that way, it will oftentimes just allow you to stay stuck in that emotion for a longer period of time, which may not be the best thing. Emotions can also save us time in getting us to act in important situations. If there's something that we really need to get done in a certain amount of time, we can use emotion um, to get it done, whatever the task may be at hand. And emotions can be especially important when we don't have time to think things through. If we're in a place of danger or we need to make a quick decision about something, it can serve us. Really, fear can serve us to get us to a safer place. So fear is not always a bad thing, and I'll get to that a little bit later. But having influence over your fear to the degree in which it overwhelms you is an important skill to practice. So strong emotions also can help us overcome obstacles in our minds and in the environment. So throughout the day, there's always a lot of thoughts that are passing through our minds and we might be in a lot of different environments on a daily basis. And we can't always control our thoughts. We can't always control our environment. And in my understanding of things, I really feel like the more we release control over things, the more at peace we will feel because the more you try to control something, the more out of control you're actually going to feel. You can't control a person's mind. You can't control like a lot of different things. It's just a lot of things are out of our control. And I think when you kind of come to the realization that we're not really in control of anything, but we can practice influence over our emotions in certain situations and people and behavior, then that's kind of a healthier place to work from and to live from. Sometimes our mental environment or our physical environment is out of our control, but when we are able to have influence on our internal environment and create a state of peace in that state, even when our environment outside of us is not peaceful, that is important. And just as well, If our internal environment is really, really kind of crazy or we're having a lot of thoughts, but the external environment is very peaceful, we can tap into that and seek inspiration. Say, for example, you're feeling stressed out, but you go into nature with the intention of shifting your awareness towards the thoughts that are inside of you and instead shift that towards the surroundings you're around. Maybe focusing on, you know, the trees or the birds or, you know, a lake if you happen to be by a lake, just like the clouds in the sky passing by like thoughts in your mind would. You know, thinking of it that way and getting out of your body and kind of distracting yourself from maybe a lot of the negative thoughts that are going through your head and focus on something that's going to allow you to Feel at peace, get to a calmer state, and then once you're in that calmer state to deal with the situation that needs to be dealt with. So emotions can also communicate and influence others. When we use facial expressions, these are hardwired aspects of human emotions. Across cultures, we know that if someone smiles, that's happiness, and if someone frowns or makes an angry look on their face, that that's probably more of an upset emotion. These are hardwired into us from biology, whether it's laughter or whatever. Like we learn to express our happiness and sadness in different ways, and in certain cultures, some of those things are repressed more than others. And some cultures, it's not okay to show your sadness, and that's actually something that's kind of you know people kind of push that down in that culture and and hold it in you know in some different cultures it's just not expressed it's not talked about and people feel uncomfortable discussing their emotions. But facial expressions communicate faster than words. They speak a language of their own. And I know from having done performing arts and danced most of my life, communicating with your face and your body is so important. You can really change the whole mood of the room if you're on stage performing a piece with how much emotion you're giving to it. And if you're not giving it much emotion, the audience might feel a little bit lost and not really know what to connect to. So, we all have that emotional aspect to ourselves. We know what happiness is. We know what sadness is. Most people have experienced that in our life. If you've ever been in a state where you're uncomfortable or that you like, you know what that feels like. You might not know how it feels to another individual, but you know how you feel when you're in that state and it's something that we can use to actually relate to each other. Our body language and voice tone can also be hardwired. How we stand, how we sit, how we carry ourselves. To a certain degree, this is really hardwired. We can use different tools and different practices to carry ourselves different through life Oftentimes people think open hands are really, you know, someone's like confident or they're talking about something they're passionate about. And if someone has closed arms, they might be very closed off to whatever is going on around them. And that's a really, you know, it creates like a sense of safety when people do that. So like it or not, they also communicate our emotions to others. Bringing it back to dance, physical expression through the body can communicate a lot of different things. You can be communicating attention to detail. You can be communicating aggression. You can be communicating sassiness, sensuality, a lot of different things through how you move and how you use your body to communicate, and it's kind of an unspoken language. When it is important to communicate to others or send them a message, it can be very hard to change our emotions. You know, whether we intend it or not, our communication of emotions does influence others. When we communicate something in a certain way it does matter how things are said. Sometimes it's not always what is said that can turn a person off, but how it is said. If you come at saying something that might need to be addressed from a very compassionate and very understanding and calm place, even if it's a difficult subject to discuss, rather than yelling at the person or getting accusatory, then you might have a Better chance of the situation staying calm even though it is maybe a difficult thing to do and a difficult thing to discuss at the time. Emotions can also communicate to ourselves. Emotional reactions give us important information about a situation and emotions can be signals or alarms that something is happening. So if we feel, you know, our heart racing or we feel pain in our body, it's important to take precautionary measures to do things properly. You know, for example, if you're doing some type of physical exercise, make sure you're not overexerting yourself, picking up too much weight, stretching too deep, things like that, pushing yourself too hard. It's important to take precautions in those situations. And if you're feeling physical pain, which is a primary emotion, it's okay to tap into that and not push through it. Um, They can be signals or alarms that something wrong is happening in our body and it might be a good idea to back off or seek attention to whatever is going on because if you ignore it for long periods of time, it can actually lead to bigger problems. Not all things heal themselves, not all things fix themselves, so it's important to do what we can to stay on top of that. Gut feelings can be like intuition, a response to something important about the situation. This can be helpful if our emotions get us to check out of the facts. So, When I think about this one, it really resonates with me in the sense of, you know, relationships. Sometimes people stay in relationships longer than they should because there's an emotional reasoning that takes place. You know, say, for example, if the relationship is abusive, sometimes people stay in those relationships because they think, oh, the person will change Or maybe I did something to upset them, or blah, blah, blah. You know, they come up with all this emotional reasoning as to why they should stay in it when they actually should listen to their intuition in that instance and most likely move on or address the situation or handle it in a different way and take it a bit more seriously. Sometimes we treat emotions as if they are facts about the world as well. The stronger the emotion, the stronger our belief that the emotion is based on fact. So say, for example, if I feel unsure, I am incompetent. So, Or like if I get lonely when left alone, I shouldn't be left alone. Or if I feel confident about something, it is right. If I'm afraid, there must be danger. I love him, so he must be okay. This isn't always... You know, correct. This is kind of a concept of jumping to conclusions, taking one thing and coming to a conclusion about it rather than looking at a broad spectrum of evidence and creating a conclusion from that place in kind of more of a wise mindset. If we assume that our emotions represent facts about the world, we may use them to justify our other thoughts or actions, and this can be trouble if our emotions get us to ignore the facts. So if you are feeling, let's say, for example, sick from the food that you're eating, I can relate to this being that my diet's changed drastically over the past you know, several years. If I'm feeling sick from eating something and I'm not feeling well, then it's probably a good idea to... Not eat that thing anymore, even if society is saying, no, this is healthy for you. This is what you should be eating. This is what you should be doing. Or if I have an emotional connection to that food and it represents some aspect of my culture to me, or whatever it may be. It's important to be in tune with our emotions. And if we're emotionally attached to doing a certain type of behavior, consuming a certain type of food, or whatever it may be, there can be emotional justifications that may cause us to ignore the facts. So a healthier thing to do would be using the facts while checking our emotions, saying, okay, well, if I look up, you know, this particular food item, let's say fries that are fried in oil, okay, There's a lot of saturated fat, there's high sodium, there's a lot of other things in this food. Sure, they might taste good because in my brain, if I eat things that are high in salt and fat and then dip it in ketchup, which would be sugar, it creates a very numbing effect to the brain or a very satisfied effect in the brain because those three substances are not readily found in nature. On a physiological level, it will calm us down and it may affect our emotional state. However, if you look at saturated fat and things like acrylamide and trans fats, those are not good for our system. So if we're feeling really sluggish and tired and sad after eating this food, then we might be able to narrow that down and say, this is not a good food for us, even though emotionally I feel like I want to eat this, it's not something I should be putting in my body. So biological factors can make emotion regulation harder. And it's important to keep that in mind. Like I said, we're hardwired to feel things like fear, um, happiness, pain, physical pleasure, joy, sadness. These are all very primary emotions to us. but I think it's also important to remember that you are aware of your biological contributing factors and you're also capable of creating positive changes. When you practice awareness about being more aware that, oh, I'm probably, you know, going to flinch if someone jumps out of a bush, you know, like that's totally normal and don't judge yourself for getting, feeling alarmed by that. Just know that that's okay but you're also in control and you can bring yourself back to a more neutral state faster. Another thing that makes it difficult to regulate emotions may be lack of skills. If you don't know what to do to regulate your emotions, that can make it harder. If you're in an emotional state and it puts you in a state of a panic attack or um, you know, thinking about a lot of things and you don't know how to control what you're feeling, you're going into a fear state, which is leading you into anger, then that can be very, very difficult to deal with. But there are a lot of resources out there. Just affirm to yourself, like, I have the skills to regulate my emotions and I practice these skills regularly. And also, I take opportunities to practice positive skills, especially in times of stress. Because oftentimes when stress comes about that can be the perfect time to practice skills rather than giving into your emotions and exacerbating the issue. Reinforcement of emotional behavior can also be something that makes it challenging to regulate your emotions. Your environment reinforces you when you're highly emotional. So if you go into a place that triggers a lot of memories for you or doesn't make you feel the safest that can be really difficult. Sometimes If you have issues maybe at a particular, you know, city or a particular restaurant or whatever it may be where you might have had a negative experience in your past, these are things to keep in touch with and be aware of. So, you know, just affirming to yourself, I'm capable of focusing on altering my internal environment and exercising and influence my emotional experience. Moodiness can also make it very difficult to regulate your emotions. If your current mood controls what you do instead of sort of your wise mind, which is kind of finding a happy medium between reasonable or rational thinking as well as emotional thinking, that can make things difficult. Also, if you don't really want to put in time and effort to regulate your emotions, that's not going to work to your benefit. So, Instead, you want to start to change your mind and, you know, use the mindset of using a wise mind state to influence your mood and also put in the time and effort to regulate your emotions. Place emphasis on that because it has a profound effect on your life. Emotional overload can also make it very difficult to regulate your emotions. High emotional arousal may cause you to reach a skills breakdown point where you're not really using skills that help you cope with the situation and change your mood. So if you can't follow skills instructions or figure out what to do, this can lead to breakdown. But if you change your mindset into believing high emotional arousal causes me to reach for skills and coping mechanisms and believing in yourself that I can follow skills and instructions or figure out what to do, reach out for help, call somebody, do something, research it, whatever you need to do, that's an important thing to exercise. Emotional myths also, which I'm going to get into a little bit later which are just mistaken beliefs about emotions, do not get in the way of your ability to regulate your emotions. If they do, then that's something you want to work on. Myths that emotions are bad or weak or lead to avoiding emotions, you can change that to saying don't judge your emotions as bad or weak. Emotions are not bad or weak, but information and they're able to be influenced by using your wise mind. Also, myths that extreme emotions are necessary or a part of who you are keep you from trying to regulate your emotions say if you're the type of person that no one's going to mess with me and you let that kind of take over you until the point you're raging on people and just totally out of control, that's not a very positive way to live your life. Extreme emotions are a part of who you are and that's okay, but it's okay to experience extreme sadness. It's okay to experience extreme happiness, but learning how to regulate that and know that it works sort of on a spectrum and that all emotions are fleeting, they don't last forever, is important. And I think especially learning how to process emotions of intense emotions of grief and sadness or anger or fear, those are really important to learn how to process differently so that they don't consume your life to the point where you feel out of your ability to influence them. So some of the things that can have a profound influence over your emotions and things that you can check in with on a day-to-day basis throughout the day, things you can start practicing are just checking in with what things are influencing your emotions. First off, I want to start with spirit or spirituality. This can really be linked to your ability to feel grounded and connected to whatever you consider to be spirit. Maybe that's God, nature, the universe, yourself, interconnectedness. How is your relationship with spirit and spirituality in the moment and how is it affecting how you're feeling? If you're not feeling very connected to that collective energy or to God or whatever you believe in, that may affect how you're feeling in that moment. Also, feelings and emotions can have a profound effect on how you are relating to yourself and other people and other things it's important to name it and have influence upon it. So we want to practice realizing that our primary emotions are moving from a more uncomfortable state to a more comfortable environment. So again, things like fear, sadness, physical pain, we want those to be on the decrease and then increase physical pleasure, joy, security and feeling safer. So thinking about it on that type of scale and regulating your emotions from that place. Environment can also have a really profound effect on our emotions. If you're in an environment that's really noisy or, you know, let's say you're in a restaurant and you're enjoying your meal and then all of a sudden there's this crying baby that comes in with this couple, you can either let that overcome you and you can get really really upset about it or you can just you know practice some compassion some deep breathing and being like you know what I might have been that crying baby at one point in my life or several points in my life and just have some compassion don't let it ruin your experience of whatever you're doing and just practice having more influence over your internal environment and staying calm and not letting the external environment overwhelm you. Actions and behaviors. So, asking yourself a question, what am I doing that affects this emotion? Focus on the intensity of what's going on as well. You can think if you're feeling, let's say, physical pain, what activity am I doing that's causing this to get worse? If you're dwelling on a certain situation and thinking about it a long time, then that is a behavior that's causing you to feel more stress and sadness. So looking at your actions and behaviors and seeing how that is contributing to your state is very important. When it comes to the body, physically, are you feeling tension, pain? Are you having different like kind of tics? Are you like fidgeting? Is your foot going back and forth a lot? Sweating or your temperature? Are you really, really hot? Are you cold? Are you uncomfortable? Do you have, you know, pressure on your lower back that might need to be released? Or is your breathing Slow, fast. These are also things to consider to make sure that you are practicing body awareness. Go through your body and scan where you might be holding tension or stress in your system and just take a deep breath and release it, stretch it out. Go to the doctor if you need to. If you're having extreme pain, you know, consult your physician if things are going wrong and just address it so it doesn't. Continue to become an issue or be an issue. So, thoughts and cognitions, as well as judgments and interpretations about things. What judgments? am I making about this situation? We always want to move from harsh judgments to more kind judgments about ourselves and others. Oftentimes we make really harsh judgments about other people. Sometimes we might not even know their whole story and it can be very abrasive and abrupt and just really negative. And when we are able to be kinder to ourselves and others and just kind of come to the realization that everybody's doing the best that they can, everybody's practicing the best skills that they possibly can and acknowledging that as well as taking distance from people if that's something that you don't want to be around. Because sometimes people's best is still not healthy for us to be around. You know what I mean? If someone's really, really trying hard to handle things, but they're still just not to a point where we feel safe around them, then it's okay for us to kind of distance ourselves from that or modify that or set up boundaries in certain ways within that relationship that keeps us safe and moving in a positive direction? And it also, you know, is that other individual's responsibility to seek help for their own habits and behaviors? Also checking in for cognitive distortions. So how you might be thinking about things in a way that's not healthy, taking something out of abstract and blowing it up, you know, catastrophizing things, seeing things as black or white, um, jumping to conclusions, you know, things like that can be very, very distorting to thoughts and it can, uh, that can overwhelm us and cause us to see things different than how they really are. Getting constructive about things is very important. Even if you have thoughts and cognitions, as well as judgments and interpretations that might come off as negative or there might need to be improvement in that area, you can be constructive about it. So if you think something needs to be fixed or improved, there's a way to say that in a constructive way rather than a very negative way that can be hurtful to somebody else. So it's important to keep that in mind. So just going through those again, checking in with your spirit or spirituality, feelings and emotions, your environment, your actions and behavior, your body, as well as your thoughts and cognitions, judgments and interpretations about what's going on. Checking in with those will help give you a good background in what contributing factors might need to be altered or changed in order for you to feel a healthier emotional state. Thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you, and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.